0: Regardless of what's happening in our lives, nothing can change the reality of the Son of God shining into your life with the truth of his love through his gospel, and that is how he's called us to live. But if we're gonna look around, and see it's raining, it's clouds, it's thunder, it's cold, it's miserable, oh, I don't want my life! But if you could just look up and have faith to see far enough, you will see, hey, hey, in all our misery, the sun's still shining.
1: Hi friends, thank you again for joining us here at Live in the Light. I'm Craig Turnbull, the host of Live in the Light. Joining me in our studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And you've joined us at the conclusion of our series that we've called Made New. We've been looking at at gospel truths from 2 Corinthians chapter five. And that's really the the, the core of this series, right, Robbie? It's been so rich in gospel.
0: Yeah, such an opportunity too for the Lord to work. Remember the gospel is so clearly presented in scripture and then we hope it's clearly proclaimed, you know, through preaching. I mean, lives always get changed. This is what the Lord promises to do. In fact, that's our prayer today. And just very specifically, and Craig, I know our hearts are so uh, united in this too, that we just believe that as maybe God will arrange a specific people today to hear this message and be forever changed. That literally would go from death to life for the cause of Jesus Christ. So Lord, I do ask that you would do that. I do ask that you would cause certain people to be regenerated today, that they might now live lives dedicated for your glory, Lord, and your love. And again, hey, all the listeners to live in the light, thanks, thanks for tuning in, thanks for listening, and thanks for being excited and passionate about Jesus Christ uh, the most. We are we are thankful and we love to always hear how the Lord is at work in your life through a series like 2 Corinthians 5 and made new.
1: And hey, maybe you have been particularly gripped. Through some of these messages that you've heard over the past couple of days. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. As Robbie said, you can reach out to us on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's L-I-G-H-T.ca. Or you can phone us up at one 22 Light. That's one 225 4448 Again, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life, challenging you, changing you. Maybe He has even saved you in these past couple of days. Uh, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Well, today's message concludes our series, Made New. And the title of it is Made New and Over the Moon. Woohoo. Lots of joy, lots of passion, lots of God's glory, we pray. Let's turn it over to Pastor Robbie once again in 2 Corinthians chapter five.
0: Okay, hey, that that's why I'm in ministry. I, I didn't want to go into ministry, but you know, when God calls and then he wins, and then but you said, Okay, Lord, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, let's see some lives change for your glory, right? And then when you see, when you see lives that are transformed for Jesus Christ, and so many of you are just like, and you just, it just, you're like, yes. Why? Because you're cheering the Lord and the power of the gospel to take people from death to life. Hey, are you here right now and you're truly regenerated and you haven't been baptized? Get in the tank you got to get in the tank. Why, why? So we can cheer. I mean, look at the Lord. Look what God has done. You're like, well, well, I'll be baptized, but I'm kind of afraid to speak in front of people. Hey, 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 hey. Ready, ready, Let me just bust up that excuse right now, okay? Okay, ready, ready? If you're regenerated, you have this guy who's called the Holy Spirit and it is within you and he tends to help you, okay? Okay, okay? So next excuse, please, okay? Get in the tank so we can go... Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're changing lives. I mean, this is why we live to see Jesus Christ do what he's doing in you. Challenge you right now. All that God wants to do that we might glory in him, the power, the power of regeneration. I want to show you this chart before we move on because this truth is just so important. I want you to show this, okay? Before regeneration, after regeneration, okay? Here's the reality of what this means right now, ready? Before regeneration, spiritually dead, dead. After regeneration, spiritually alive. Live forever, destined for glory in heaven. Before regeneration, heart of stone. After, heart of flesh. Alive, sensitive to the things of the Lord. Before regeneration, we're children of wrath. Ephesians 2. Children of the king, John chapter one, we have given the right to become children of God. Unbelievable. Before an enemy of God, Romans five, friend of God, Romans five, filthy in sin before regeneration. All our sin is there, but then washed and cleansed again through the washing and renewal of regeneration. We're orphans before regeneration, adopted children of God. After, godless, self-seeking individuals before regeneration. Afterwards, called out to be selfless, God-loving, Jesus Christ-worshiping individuals before regeneration separated from God. Afterwards, reconciled to God. Okay? Okay, this is discouraging. This, let's call this uh, over the moon. All right? All right, so... When we go through, I just, I really encourage you when you're really feeling down, get a list like this out and just start saying it out loud and just see what happens to your temperament. Like just, just try it out loud and say, God, I can't believe I am alive. I can't believe you gave me a heart of life. I can't believe I'm your child. And just start going through the truth and see what happens, okay? I challenge you with that one. Just see what happens and see how long you can stay grumpy. Remember, it's very difficult to stay grumpy and grateful at the same time, right? You gotta really work really hard at that one. All right? And the greatest joy we have in gratitude is found within the gospel. Regeneration, absolutely mind blowing. Number two is this, ready? We got three R's today. Here's the second R it's reconciliation. And reconciliation will say this this is grace in us and grace through us. Now, whenever we study scripture, here's a tip look for repeated words to bring out the meaning of the verses you're reading, okay? Look for words that are repeated to give you a sense of what God's really trying to say through this particular passage, especially in the epistles, okay? Let's try it here. Ready? Verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Okay, any, any suggestions what these verses might be about? Uh, yes, you see, it doesn't it come alive all of a sudden? You're just like, wow, like five times. There's the, there's the word reconciliation or reconcile. God really wants to say to something to me about this right now in these particular verses. Two aspects of this incredibly beautiful teaching of reconciliation within these verses here. The first aspect is this, it's this, ready? God is reconciling us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. God initiates reconciliation and he reconciles us to himself. The second aspect of the doctrine of reconciliation here is this, God then entrusts his children To proclaim the message of reconciliation. And that in itself is amazing. So God reconciles us to himself. And then he says, now you go and proclaim the message of reconciliation to a lost and dying world. Well, let's start at verse 18. That's where the text starts there here. Notice it says this, all this is from God. Uh, He's speaking of new creation. He's speaking of regeneration. As he transitions now into reconciliation, all this is from God. Okay? In other words... We don't save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. The act of regeneration is 100% God. Okay? Now, think about this. How much did Lazarus had to do with his resurrection? Well, the answer is zero. Um, how much influence does a child being born have on their birth? They're non-control, I'll tell you that much. They don't have a choice, they're just born. It's the same thing with regeneration. It is is the act of God. Now, there is an aspect of our responsibility with faith as we exercise that and and how that all fits together is a wonderful biblical uh, mystery as it all lines up together. But we're very clear on this. We cannot save ourselves. This is a God-initiated act through his son, Jesus Christ, powered by the Holy Spirit. God is the one who creates and God is the one who recreates. He is worthy of our praise, amen? He is worthy. He creates and recreates. And now we come to this teaching of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? It is the restoration of a relationship. It is the reestablishment of an interrupted or broken relationship. It is the, listen, listen. Reconciliation is the exchange of hostility for a friendly relationship. I'm hostile to you, but now we reconcile and we're friends. We have restored the relationship. We are at peace. We are loving one another. So, what's so massive about this? If you look at verse 18, it says this it says, Who through Christ, God through Christ, reconciled us to himself. Now, again, notice, God initiated reconciliation. Why is that important? Because we're the offenders, loved ones. We're the sinners. We're the ones who have offended and rejected God. We're the ones who sinned and broke the relationship off with God. We're the guilty ones. We're to blame. From Adam's sin on, the offense has always been there. The rejection of God is as clear now as it was then. See, so our sin broke the relationship between us and God. He created the world for us to be in perfect harmony, but sin comes in and makes a separation between us and God. We're to blame. It's our sin. We sin every day. We are the, the. So we are the ones who put the dividing wall of hostility up, Ephesians 2, between God and us. We are the ones that become enemies of God, Romans 5. We are the ones who become children of wrath, again, Ephesians 2, because we have sinned and rejected God. Now, the world doesn't like that truth, but it's a truth that saves when you understand what it is, is our greatest problem, that we are separated from God because of our sin. But then when we're aware of our sin, then we become aware of the incredible love and grace and the good news of the gospel. And this is what blows me away so much, okay? This is where the Bible is one book. Did you know that? The Bible is ultimately one book. It's one story of redemption or reconciliation. From the moment sin enters the world, God God could have just been like, man, it stinks being you. It's your fault. You messed up. You're the sinners. He could have just said, he so easily could have just been like, forget it. You're done. The moment sin enters the world, God begins with executing his plan his plan of redemption, salvation, and reconciliation. What does he do? He starts executing his plan through Abraham, through Isaac, Jacob. He executes his plan through Joseph and the positioning of his people down in Egypt. He executes his plan through Moses, through David, through the prophecy and the promises of Isaiah that are all ultimately pointing to Jesus. God executes his plan through his son who comes to be born, to live and to die. See, don't you see why Christmas is such a big deal? Christmas is the celebration that reconciliation is here right? Don't you see why Good Friday then? Good Friday, Jesus dies and the temple curtain is torn And what is that? It's torn top to bottom. God says reconciliation is now possible. Access to God is now granted. What was prevented before is now open because Jesus Christ died for all the sins of the world. And anyone who has the faith to see Christ as Savior, they can now access God the Father by grace through faith in the Son of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you see why Easter is such a big deal then? Easter, the significance of Easter as Jesus is raises this. Reconciliation is now guaranteed. It's guaranteed for all who believe. Christmas, it's here. Good Friday, it's possible. It's open. Access to God is open. Easter, guaranteed. It's guaranteed now. Reconciliation is guaranteed for those who believe That Jesus Christ is the Son of God and who died for their sins, that they would never have to die as they know He took all their sins or trespasses for them on the cross and they receive the gift of eternal life. God was the one who sent His Son, He initiated the reconciliation. Jesus was the one who submitted willingly, He wasn't forced, He gave up His life willingly. Because of his love for reconciliation, his love for us, the Father's love for us, that we might be saved, so that all who believe, ready? Harmony in the beginning, Garden of Eden, sin makes a separation. The plan of Jesus Christ on the cross now brings reconciliation of sinners back to God where they were meant to be. That is the whole purpose and the power of the gospel. This is what's being described for us here right now. Look at verse 19. Verse 19 says this. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Okay, ready? Jesus Christ dies on the cross to bear our sin, So that our sins, trespasses, would not count against us. If you get that, what happens? Over the moon, right? Right? If you understand, all my sin, all my sin, all my sin, over the moon, over the moon, because that's my greatest problem. I'm separated from God, but now I'm reconciled to God because of Jesus Christ, over the moon. Over the moon. I hope you say that all week, by the way. Over the moon. How amazing this is, and to think and think, this is all God's doing in Christ, reconciled you to Himself. Through this song that we love to sing, "Man of Sorrows." Look at here's the verse. One of the verses says, "And look at the." So when we're singing songs, don't just don't just sing them and think about the theology. this is where worship happens, right? Sent of heaven, God's own Son. That's the initiation. That's the initiation of reconciliation. To purchase and redeem. To purchase us and our sin. To buy us back from bondage to sin and Satan. And reconcile the very ones. Listen to this. Who, this is a good verse. Who nailed him to the tree. Like when we sing this, we should be like, I did nail him to the It was my sin. And I'm purchased and redeemed and reconciled. Because God initiated this love for me when I deserve to be dead and go to hell. Because of my sin? We should sing this with humility and often tears forming in our eyes because we cannot believe the goodness and the grace of our Savior who has done this for us. This is when we sing and we're like over the moon. I can't believe this is true. And it is. And it's awesome. So God initiates reconciliation to us. We treasure it, loved ones. We treasure it. But do we only treasure it? Well, when we treasure it, what happens? What happens? Well, then we share it. If we truly treasure the gospel, we must share the gospel. Why? Because we've been entrusted with it. Okay, look at verse 18. Okay, look, 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 look. Don't look at me, look at the text. Look, what, ready? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So this is what boggles my mind sometimes. The Lord of all glory left the responsibility of his gospel to his church. Sometimes you're like, what was he thinking? Right? Right? But he's perfect in wisdom and perfect in knowledge. But think about it. The message of mind-blowing regeneration, reconciliation, and redemption. Ready, ready, ready? For us who are saved in Christ, it's ours to share. We are called ambassadors. You know ambassadors in the Roman Empire? They were men of immense authority. They didn't travel in their own authority, but they traveled with the authority of the king and they carried his message. Paul knows the word he's choosing here as he speaks to the church in Corinth within the Roman Empire. They see ambassador and they're like, whoa, whoa. And loved ones, you and I, saved in Christ, we are ambassadors for him with the message of the gospel. We carry the authority of the king. That's a big deal. Okay? We are entrusted with this message. It is an immense privilege to share the gospel with people. Regardless of whether or not they accept it, God gets glorified through it. The ambassador he carried the message was felt so privileged and so honored, not depending on how they responded, just the fact that he had the opportunity to do so. If we get the gospel, this is helping my mind right now too. If I seek to share my faith, it is, it is the immense privilege of carrying the message that grants people eternal life as God chooses to work. That's how we should view our opportunity each day with the gospel message. We are ambassadors for Christ. We have been entrusted with the message. And this is when the fear of man starts to lessen and the fear of God begins to grow. And this is why Paul says, We implore, I implore you to be reconciled to God on behalf of Christ. Holy Spirit, give us boldness to do so. Regeneration, mind-blowing reconciliation, grace in us, grace through us. Here's the third R, it's this. It's Christ's righteousness in me. And here's my question. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's in my point you okay? Christ's righteousness in me. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. Look at verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, okay? One of the most powerful statements in the New Testament. And say it again, ready? For our sake, God made Christ to be sin, to take on our sin, who knew no, Jesus was perfect, who knew no sin, so that in him, Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, God made his son to become sin on our behalf, even though Christ was perfect, so that in Christ, we might become then the righteousness of God. Here's a, here's a picture we've used over many years. Let me show you again. This is called the great exchange based on this verse, okay? The hand of Christ, his, his nail-pierced hand, dying for our sins, a sacrifice for our sins in our place. In the gospel, by grace, through faith, Jesus, you are Lord, you are my savior. You died for me. I believe in you. I love you. At the moment of regeneration and then conversion and justification... We are made innocent because the righteousness of Christ goes on us. Black, sinful hand, decaying and old. Our sin goes on Christ. His righteousness goes on us. It's the great exchange. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is is mind-blowing too. And this is also over the moon, by the way. We get his righteousness. He gets our sin. Pretty good deal, isn't it? But you know what about this deal, which we need to remember about this deal? This deal's not, it's not fair. It's not a fair deal. You know, some of you are saying, wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that in the gospel, Jesus takes all my sin and I get all his perfect righteousness. You're like, how is that fair? Well, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. In fact, I just want you to turn to your neighbor right now and just say, it's not fair. Go ahead. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Ready, ready? But which part is not fair? Okay, which part is not fair? Because we're so selfish all the time. We are so often self-absorbed and self-consumed. And we say, That's not fair, you're not fair to me. I have four kids in my husband. You're not fair, 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 fair. And I know my own heart. That's not fair. That's not fair. How come he gets? How come she guys? Not fair, not fair. We're always complaining and whining, moping and sulking. It's not fair. And we actually go to God and say, God, is not you're not fair to me. My life isn't working out the way you said. You're not fair. I mean, if we had any sense of the gospel, what we're doing, now we may not say that out loud, we say it in here, here. Like we, we do that. Okay, let's just take a little time, spiritual theological time out and make sure we understand what we're saying as we accuse God of not being fair, okay? Here's the definition of what's not fair. We get the righteousness of Jesus Christ and he takes on all our sin. That's not fair to God. But listen, that's not fair to God, but that is the love of God. That is the grace of God. That is the mercy of God to an entire group of people who deserve it not he loves us so much he sends his son to die that we might live it's not fair but it's the love of God I want to take one more opportunity to explain this to you because it's so so important pastor Ray can you come up and can you, can you grab those two shirts under that under that seat right there okay Thank you, Pastor Ray, for doing this. He has no idea what's about to happen, which is so good. Come stand here. But, but, but we love seeing Pastor Ray. Okay, we're just doing like the great exchange, okay? okay. You get to be Jesus, okay? Sweet. I told you I'd, I'd make you look good, Sweet. all right? Yeah, like you hold that up, okay? Amen. You're Jesus. And you know what? I don't take anything for granted here right now to you, okay? And this is the reality of I'll be sinner because I'm definitely that, okay? And I just think of sometimes, this is the marvel of, I'll stand over here because we're not too close right now, okay? But, but, but I have sinned, and in the gospel, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus loves me so much. There's some children in the room right now. Do you understand what's happening right here? There's some adults in the room. Have you ever thought about this in this way? In the gospel, what happens? Oh, my, oh my sin, past, present, future, all of it, killing me, destroying me. And Jesus says, I want it all. And Jesus takes my sin and puts it on him. My sin is to the account Jesus, but Jesus is perfect. He's done one thing wrong. And he knows that But he says, because Rob, because I love you so much, I want every single and he says, but it doesn't stop there. I take your sin. But he says, But now you get you get my righteousness, every single bit of it. And at this point, then what, what does God see? He no longer sees this. That's on his son. He sees it's not my righteousness. It's Christ's righteousness on me. God now sees the righteousness of his son. And what this means is, I am now innocent in the sight of God. And here's the incredibly beautiful truth when God sees his son's righteousness in me, it's as if I've never sinned ever. And it's as if I have always perfectly obeyed. That's the reality of the gospel. Did you hear that? When you are saved in Jesus Christ, God sees the righteousness of his son in you. And therefore, it's as if you have never sinned once and as if you have always obeyed, not because of what you have done, all because of what Christ has done. That is the power of the exchange of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our praise. And when we get that, we're over the moon. We're over the moon. Loved ones, here's the application I want to bring to what I just taught right there. When you see this doctrine, you're not in a bad mood. When you live this doctrine, joy fills your heart. Hey, look to Christ. Look to Christ. Remember, the very things that are happening in this room right now as your minds are renewed, that's what we take with us. That's tomorrow. That's the next day. This this is what God has given us. Not so it sits on a shelf and wait for a pastor to show up again next week. No, 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 no. This, this is Jesus every day meeting with us to rise us above the circumstances of our life because there's more to live for than just the circumstances of our life, right? We complain about the clouds and the rain and the storms and the thunder and the jury days and the cold. I remember not too long ago, I was in a plane and it was a cold, rainy, cloudy, stormy day, miserable. And you sat in the plane and you're on the runway and you take off. And in the rain hitting the side of the plane, you look out in the dark clouds and everything's dreary and just bleh. But you keep flying up. And all of a sudden, you go through the clouds, a little bit of turbulence there, and rain right in the middle. You can't see anything, whatever. And you know the rain is down there, and you're like, "Oh, a little different now." But you come, and all of a sudden, you crest above the clouds in the plane. You're sitting on the window seat, and you look outside, and then all of a sudden, what? Lo and behold, this—it's it's the sun. The sun is shining, but it's rainy down there. But the—that doesn't stop the sun from shining as bright as ever. Nothing circumstances down here on the earth can change the reality of the sun in all its glory. Hey, 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 here's the opportunity for the gospel. Regardless of what's happening in our lives, Nothing can change the reality of the son of God shining into your life with the truth of his love through his gospel. And that is how he's called us to live. But if we're gonna look around and see it's raining it's clouds, it's thunder, it's cold, it's miserable, oh, I don't love my life. But if you could just look up and have faith to see far enough, you will see, hey, hey, in all our misery, the sun's still shining. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is on his throne and he is glorious. And God the Father, in all his majesty and wonder, he is perfectly in control and sovereign. And one day soon we will see him again face to face. This is the power of what we're learning. This is what it means to be made new, to look and to say, I'm regenerated. I'm reconciled. The righteousness of Christ lives in me. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen. God is so good. Today is yet another great day, isn't it? It is, it is in the truth of Jesus Christ. And that's why we have thanksgiving in our hearts right now. Thanks for listening to Live in the Light today. If you'd like to hear this message again or any messages in this series, visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. That's all for today. Join us next time at Live in the Light.